0: Welcome to Hear the Dance. I'm Jared Angle, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Jerome Robbins' 1944 ballet, Fancy Free. Today, I have with me three principal men who have danced the sailor roles in this ballet. Would you guys introduce yourself, please? I'm Daniel Ulbrich, principal dancer here at New York City Ballet.
1: My name's Tyler Engel, also a principal dancer,
2: brother of the host of
1: this podcast.
2: I'm Andrew Rayette, principal dancer New York City Ballet.
0: So... I feel like when I think of Fancy Free in the past number of years at New York City Ballet, I think of you three having been in it the longest. When did you all first start learning Fancy Free? When did you get in it, Tyler? It's one of the first things that I learned
1: after getting in the company, and the very first cast that I was involved with was Daniel, myself, and Damien Wetzel. So. It was like I was coming in with two people who already knew what they were doing. One person, Damien, like really like had his path all etched out. And so I think in that way, like in the beginning, it was sort of easier for me to be able to, you know, like the flow was already there and I just had to kind of like slot in, slot in. Yeah, like, you know, pay really close attention, especially in that first dance. And my path was very clear to me.
3: Yeah, I think similar to Tyler, I had just gotten in the company and maybe a year or two afterwards I was called to the first rehearsal that it. understudied it for a season or two and then when it came back I joined the cast and similar to his experience it wasn't a whole new cast there were people who were established which it's like kind of an on-ramp on a highway you could kind of you know pick up and keep the the traffic you started slow but the more comfortable you got you got a flow more or less
2: I heard Daniel was born on the fancy free set mm-hmm. <laughs> he's He's been in it from the very beginning. He was.
1: Um, I mean, but both Daniel and I, before Andrew starts, we learned from the time when we learned it to the time when we performed it was sort of relatively short, cute. Andrew, your story?
2: Well, and I thought, I thought you guys both were in it before I was. I, you know, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyways. I poke fun at JP all the time that he had me learn all three sailors, and then I did the bartender. So the first thing I actually didn't fancy free was sit behind the bar which was actually kind of a nice experience like looking back on it because I got to understand the ballet from the performance side of it before I had the stress and responsibility of stepping into one of the roles. Uh, and then I don't remember exactly when I started doing the Rumba boy, the cool guy whatever you call him, but it's funny cuz it's like I guess I've done it for a long time but to me it feels like it was something that was special because it felt like I came to it late and I left it early, which has not been my path with very many things. It's usually, you know, I hold on like grim death to parts. <laughs>
1: well, and you'd get in them fairly quickly. I think d- mean, we all would get in them very quickly. Yeah, exactly. We always yeah. sort of joked around with you. That
0: it was like the bartender.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, who
3: wants to set up the, the premise of this ballet, Daniel? Sure. So it actually says in the program, A Hot Summer Day in 1944, and so I think it's kind of interesting that that's actually still in the program today, and it kind of sets the scene externally, from before when the curtain goes up to the first song that's playing. We're looking at a period piece. We're looking at a period piece. We know that going into the piece, it's not that it's dated per se, but there are, even in New York, I don't see sailors during Fleet Week you know, traveling in packs on the same way as they do. Now they have cell phones and, you know, there's other means of how they get. There is a pack idea, don't get me wrong, but here it seems so innocent. You know, it's like it is that one day you're off the boat. Imagine, you know, these three sailors are in New York for that one evening trying to share each other's experiences, whether somebody's been there before, whether somebody's there for the first time, and that all has to come out within pretty much the first 30 seconds of the piece. they walk to the way they wear their hat and that was something that was always drilled into me that you had to really define each of those characters and so even though it was set in 44 I think in a weird way sometimes that that first song that comes on at the very beginning kind of takes you back to a different place even the radio on the bar you know it kind of takes you back to this like kind of nostalgic feel and you're kind of captured in the innocence of that time. And, of course, like any great story, there's three sailors and two ladies who they try to, to mingle with in the story. And somebody's left out always, which kind of creates a little bit of the tension and creates fun competition. And then at the end, the three are left alone. The ladies they walk off. mess it up. Exactly, exactly. So in that sense, too, you kind of you fall for the sailors a little bit more. Like they kind of got themselves into this and you're with them on the ride. And then they kind of got themselves, you know they have to deal with the, the repercussions. But as long as they're together, that's the other part, it's the camaraderie part that goes through this. There's a number of little kind of like nuanced sections where they're at the bar and the person always gets stuck paying the bill, and that's what they do in every port. So every time that happens, it's like, hey, you gotta pay the bill. The two you know, know that that's their little shtick behind the back, and he always gets stuck paying. You know, it, it, those little things, again, the camaraderie is really built into this. And so whether they were in New York for Fleet Week or they are somewhere else, the three of them would always it would be, be together. The same
0: same story in any Yeah, in any one port. for
3: all, all for one. In mm-hmm. fact, it's kind of built into that too, when they're in the bar cheers you know, doing their cheers. It's like to us and to New York, you know, mm-hmm. there's that feeling that's always there. So lightly paraphrased, that's sort of the gist of following these three guys. So
0: there are three distinct personalities of these sailors. Tyler, which which sailor are you? I'm the one they call the shy boy, the middle
1: boy. I've always thought that he was some sort of just like Midwestern farm, maybe not necessarily shy, but just kind of like happy-go-lucky without a care. He's, he's kind of unbothered by things, and I feel like every time he turns around and looks left or looks right, it's like, gee, that's the that's like, swell. Like the first skyscraper yeah, I've ever for, seen. for a skyscraper, first hot dog cart, for it could be the first anything, and he'd be like, I don't know, it's like an elf. World's best cup of coffee. <laughs> yes, it yeah, yeah. You <laughs> congratulations. It. You know, I feel
0: like it's really it's naive and kind of like fresh in that kind of way. And when you learned the role, everybody learned it from Jean Pierre frolick the repertory director. Yes. And how specific was he with building <laughs> these characters? Is there a lot of leeway for you to make up the story, or is everything you know coming directly from things that Jerry said? Did you get that impression?
1: I feel like JP is very diligent with the setting and staging and rehearsing of this and also just like kind of like the building of the characters obviously within the steps like there are these little handshakes that Daniel was talking about these little like foot shuffles that you have to do but like you you have to like know who your character is build that and then like imbue all those movements with that sensibility and he was very specific with that I even was talking with Robbie LaFosse who first did this at the American Ballet Theater and then did another boy. He was the shy boy at ABT and then came and did the Roomba boy here at New York City Ballet when he joined and he was in the back of a rehearsal the other day and he was saying, you know, it's like this hasn't changed at all from when we did it. Like so since many ballets when, since cha- when he did it with drum robin. Since when he
2: did it with Jerry.
1: Mm-hmm. He's like, this is really what we did.
2: Robbie and I were talking about it we were saying it's a theater piece. Yeah. And it's it's not really a ballet. It's a theater piece. And I always looked at it that it, it's like it has a script. And everybody's going to say their line in a different way, but you have to say the same line. There's specifics to what is being said. And the, the longer I've been around it, the more I realized how important what is being said, even in like a dancing or a pantomime way, is really important and really specific. Because if you start changing what's being said, you start changing the story. You like lose the plot, literally. Yeah, and yeah. so
0: who is your you're the rumba boy you've been saying? I am. What's I am. What's, what's the vibe of your so character?
2: He's the he's like the cool guy. I'm doing air quotes because I've become that person who does air quotes. <laughs> but he's the cool one. And I always kind of played it in my head that he thinks he knows everything. You know, he really acts like he's seen the world and he's been out there and he's the leader. But I've always kind of thought of him as, like, that's what he acts like, but in reality he's probably the most sheltered and naive of all of them. Like, maybe he grew up, like, in a big city, but he hasn't seen anything else. So even though he kind of acts really cool and macho and, like, I got this, is, you know, here, guys, come on, let's go this way. It's like he's he doesn't really know what he's doing either. All of the sailors are a little naive
3: and green, mm-hmm. even the one who's pretending he's not.
2: So Daniel,
0: you're the tough guy they're telling me?
3: Yes, yes. Sort of very uh, short fuse, very quick to start a fight, you know, gets just gently nudged on the shoulder and wants to pull his wrist back and, you know, let me at him, let me at him kind of mentality. Hasn't danced with uh, a girl before, so when he gets into the bar, one of the scenes that's really fun is, you know, everyone kind of showing their moves and there's actually a section called competition. Prior to their solo, which is a much more expanded version of that, of their character in a dance form, which is kind of neat. But this competition is the three sailors with the two ladies and all kind of passing them off. And wait, what about dancing with me and so forth? And so he's never done that before. So he's as wired up dancing with his partner as he is, mm. as his temperament throughout the rest of it. But same thing, I mean, doesn't know any better, but pretends, you know? And, and again, I think just to that point that it was driven home to us when we first learned it is those walks, that hat. It all comes out. And also, I think I remember, which I heard Jerry did and JP made us do, was to have that context, to have a dialogue. You know, who were you? You know, they come up to you in the rehearsal and who are you? Where are you from? And, you know, whether it was the shy boy from Nebraska or me from Chicago and somebody else from New York, or, you know what I mean? Like having that automatically also set you there. But also to Tyler's point, yes, there are steps, but I think the hardest part is still making it look fresh. So even though it's from 1944 and it is to a T, those timing moments, those beats that have to happen, that Andrew was saying, this still has to look like it's alive in the moment, not just quoting Shakespeare, but really still bringing that sense Mm -hmm. sense of rich language and texture, but it's still being alive for 2023 now.
1: I thought about that, about the go to the bar, take the beers, and to have to pay for those beers... Twice in every performance, and then the hundreds of performances that we've done of this, like in small or big stages, all over the world. And the one thing that does or would always keep that fresh for me is like the two guys at the bar were friends of mine, and I'm like, those a-holes would do something like this. Yes, yeah, we would. <laughs> and so, every time, excuse my French, but every time I would look around and that would happen, it's like I feel like my reaction in that moment. W- was very by character, but was also very me with the other two guys, who I was actually friends with. Like, that's the interesting thing, too, when you build the the process. I don't know if this is always the case, but I've always had really, really good camaraderie with the other guys that I've been doing this with. Like, it's just always been a really tight group. And, like, casts don't change a lot. That's another thing that Robbie LaFosse was saying, too. He was like, "We, you know, you didn't change mm. a cast because then you sort of get into this rhythm. But, yeah, I always think about that mm. as a way to keep it fresh for the,
0: for those little yeah. moments. Do you think the camaraderie comes because it's such a specific rehearsal process? Like, with Jerry, it's acting, so you're really, like, having to really create this environment together with the other people. Do you think it feels a lot different than rehearsing other things with your fellow dancers? Do you think that's what brings the
3: closeness of the cast, just like the specific sort of yeah, method acting I, approach to yeah, dance. Yeah, but I think it's about, I mean not to spit this the other way but it's, just, it's about reacting, I mean you can't do the step until that other moment happens so you can know all your steps but like Andrew was saying there's an order of which they all come out of and but Tyler was saying, like those nuances, so it is a carefully choreographed sequence of events that happens and so Unlike another role, which, yes, you're working on your pirouettes or your partnering or your your double tours, those are all there. But it's like with the lens of this extra characterization on it that I find makes it more satisfying and you get invested very differently. But it's not just the steps. It's bringing the character into those variations. So for all of our solos, it's not just the straightforward go to double tour. It's double tour over a chair for Tyler. Andy you know, jumps off the bar, you know, it's implementing all these other devices to help tell the story and to what lengths they'll go through to that. But their character is still coming out. They're doing the steps and the character versus maybe a dancer looking at something more, you know, straightforward and Mm dancey. It's not that it's less character per se, but the emphasis might be on the music and the steps versus the dancer's character and the narrative that's happening.
1: And as far as like the tightness, like when Daniel was setting the scene, it's probably even less than 30 seconds that you have, to show everybody three distinct characters. like You come out in the first dance, and you do a million and one things in this 20 seconds, and you are running this dance that moves all across only one half of the stage, because you're still outside of the bar, not inside of the bar, and you have to be super tight. I mean, I'm in the middle of two other guys, sliding in arabesques, doing double pirouettes, like kicking the legs big, and if you're fighting, any of the other people it just wouldn't work so there's like a level of like you have to get to know people's like rhythms and the movements and literally all just be like breathing and doing that together because like the moment that one person's not together or not tight or like an individual like it doesn't happen
2: I feel we were really lucky in our cast when we got to dance together because we were friends, because we were of the same generation and we grew up and spent so much time together. But so much of that bonding was built around time in the studio, time on tour together, time traveling and performing in places all over the world. And that did inform, like I love what you were talking about the part where we go to pay and Daniel and I always trick Tyler into paying he always had a look on his face like he would go, you know, sh- like he was oh, shucks. shucks. But while he was saying shucks, he was looking at us like, there's something going on here. <laughs> you two are doing something. I know it. This is not normal that I would pay every time. But then his character goes and pays because he was he's non-confrontational. But But that look that told the story in one second of they do this everywhere, it had nothing to do with what Daniel and I did. And had everything to do with the look that came from Tyler from the relationship that we have as friends in real life. You know, that like, nah, I don't trust you two at all, you know. Um, so I, I feel like, yeah, the, the rehearsal process, like, you know, you can only hope that every cast will bond like that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that I always felt very comfortable and happy to be on stage with people that I consider genuinely friends mm-hmm because it made those interactions have a deeper level to them without having to overdo anything. It just was a natural thing.
0: I wonder if that sort of sense of young camaraderie is built into the piece, because it was Jerome Robbins' first ballet that he choreographed in 1944 while he was a member of American Ballet Theatre. He was 25. Leonard Bernstein, who wrote the music, was 25. And it was just... The impression I get is ABT was going across the country in trains, and Jerry was choreographing this with his friends like... On the train, in the lobby of the hotel, like so, it was really just like a bunch of friends mm-hmm. figuring out this this theater piece in the midst of uh, wartime, you know, travel yeah. in the U.S. and getting like musical sketches
1: on napkins sent back and forth. Like he was writing it in vinyl. They were writing it yeah. like when it wax was... wax recordings. Yeah yeah. Like that, it was yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that thing. Like it's so cool because the music and the dance sort of like they were like happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the step would be the impulse, and then I think Lenny would write something, and then some of the inverse, like he would send a new rhythm or something, and then that would
0: come back and forth. As I recall, I understudied this for a little bit, Tyler's part, and then my brother got to do it instead of me, not to bring up uh, sibling rivalries, but... I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) A cold wind doth blow. Um, (laughs) um, But I, I remember that it was... Kind of like a, a note in every for every step or a step for every note. Like it's so really tied. Like the timing of the music informs every single step, which informs the timing of the comedy and in, in the story. Does that
3: make it sort of easier that
0: like you have to know the score so well and be so tied to it?
3: It's it's not a straightforward score though. It's really all over the place. So it's learning how to really listen. I mean, the timing, as we said, we all agree, is paramount. But it's getting to a place where it's second nature and you're not counting and as you hear it obviously we rehearse to piano score reductions Mm -hmm. pardon me and then when you hear the full orchestra I mean it's just that that one note or cowbell or whatever for the solo or something like that just articulates that further but is there there an actual cowbell I want to say isn't there one in your solo (laughs) I think there is
1: I think there is there's like a clank
0: like
3: yeah there's like a yeah it's not when you go into I, the split.
1: I, would,
2: Daniel, I it's actually yeah. in my contract that every time I dance there has yeah, to be a happened. cowbell. I coming. thought when Daniel went to the
1: split the cowbell, yeah. was like it's uh, a hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been something else. Um,
3: no, but I, I, I just think, I, I don't count my solo. It's, yeah. I don't at all, come to think of it. And I think the only place that I remember Counting specifically was maybe in that first dance, like the first pose. Like you have to be there. that's like two fives and a three. And then there's tens and then there's nines and then there's sevens. I mean, it's it's all over the place. But then somehow, even though it's not consistent, like a waltz or a march, something all the way through, it just fits. Yeah.
1: That was always so stressful for me. Coming out, not last, but coming out second, taking a little time and then like stumbling, being tripped and then being jostled and like having to be really like, Hey, guys, like, stop doing that. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Bam. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it doesn't stress me out now, obviously. I haven't even done it in so many years, but I, I would still know exactly when. Like, But having to seem so nonchalant
2: while still being like,
1: multitasking. When's yeah. the one? When's the one? Well,
2: and, and, and how specific it ended up becoming mm-hmm. that even though it looks very in the moment and natural, like, there's really only. One or two ways to accomplish that moment and still be on time, yeah. and that's something I've noticed this year as I'm looking at it. You know, from outside the cast, and I'm just looking at it differently. It's while well, this can really get you, like if you're not sure where you're supposed to be, it can sneak up on you really quickly because it is that specific, and you can end up spending the whole ballet feeling like you're chasing and not feeling in the pocket of it if you don't feel like you really, really understand what your plan's going to be and exactly when things are going to happen. Because you were always very good at that, that little trip in the beginning where we'd push him back and forth between us. It was like ping pong balls that just magically happened to stop in exactly the right place. And that was the charm of it. That is the charm of it. But that's not necessarily easy if you're not comfortable with that moment. So the sailors enter...
0: You dance around. You find a bar. Go to the bar. You trick him into paying. And then, oh, I like the little. The, there's a little. The joke about the the bubble gum. Mm-hmm. What's what's that little? Theater so moment? The joke
1: is that sometimes it's so stale that when you unwrap <laughs> it,
0: it, it breaks into oh, it's pieces. Actual, it's, actual it's actual gum. gum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there's a, there's a there's
2: a lamplight outside the bar, and the, somebody grabs three sticks grabs of gum. Three sticks yeah, of gum. it's my it's my guy goes around, and and that's actually you know. You guys don't know. That's actually a really that's a hard stressful stress for you. time for me. Prompts are always a little bit stressful. It is. No, because they, there's so there's two sets of gum because you do it twice in the ballet. Uh-huh. And there's three pieces of gum on top of each other and like a little pocket on the lamppost. But you can't go back there and like stick your nose in it and tell the entire audience you, that's where you pocket, get the right? gum. It's yeah. supposed to be in your pocket. Mm. So you have to like lean around the lamppost like you're looking down the street and like magic trick it from the pole into your pocket and then pull it. It's more stressful than it sounds. I believe. Um, but really,
1: there was, I remember one, and I don't remember who it was, and we all three opened them, and the, it just like crumbled. Like it was just like in little like...
0: <laughs> it was like 1944. Guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just <still> there. <laughs> really like... Yeah. So fun. and so then you you ball up the gum wrapper and do a little contest with see who when, yeah, whoever who whoever's goes flick the, the, furthest, the furthest who can flick right. the wrapper right. furthest Which
3: Jerry changes in the story the first time the cool sailor goes the furthest and there's a note a, a plunk or a plink if you want to call it that and then the second time through the the cool guy who won it goes the shortest It's a triumphal yeah.
1: moment yeah. For, for my for my boy Yeah to finally go the farthest. I can way. never go the furthest from the beginning, <laughs> which is just like, oh. And
0: then... You're actually. What do you do with the gum? Is there a place you to ch- stash you the gum, it.
1: or do you chew it the rest of the You Chew it. Chew it. My guy. Well, that's a little yeah, dangerous. When, when you go, so directly after that, there's like a little transition. That's the purse girl. That's the first passerby. So then the first woman comes on. and she comes into the bar and then eventually leaves. Like my guy gets kind of like hijinxed out of all the fun and she leaves with the other two. And then I'm bummed out and then I spot yet another woman. You can imagine New York City, there happened to be There's two women more than on this. One? <laughs> yeah, and then you're still chewing the gum and you then put it in the ashtray. Like once you go into the bar, then you put it in the ashtray and everybody else just gets to have theirs until yeah.
2: they we, exit we, the stage. we, Danny and I just take it out when we're off stage. Off stage. Mm-hmm. So that's a lovely ashtray too, especially from when the, I don't know if they still do it, but the years where the bartender smokes like a real cigarette, like when the curtain's going up. So, oh, so there's a like real smoky, cigarette a and bar. ashes and a piece, of, piece gum. of gum
0: in there. It's oh, nice. It's really yeah. Uh, yeah. true like method acting. Like you're really, mm-hmm. you're really. So when you were the bartender, you would sit back
2: and. Yeah, you know, I I I did get a note every now and then for smoking the cigarette too long. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, You don't have to have the entire thing. And I was like, Oh, no,
0: you know, no big deal. What else are you gonna do back there? Yeah. Um so the you said two women enter. So the you know, everything changes whenever the first woman comes in, which I know is a, a moment that requires a lot of nuance and, and delicacy in how you approach the interaction that the first woman has what is she called? The, something with the purse? First, first passerby. First passerby. Or like the, the we call her the girl with the purse. So she comes on and you're all obviously taken with her. And then you sort of play with her. What happens in this interaction that you have with this, this woman with the red purse? Well, she comes in right away and
1: she catches our attention where she notices that, you know, cause like all of a sudden we're like immediately, we, we see this lady. And then she notices that she's, caught our attention. She sort of kind of likes that. And we, like, follow her a little bit. And then she slowly starts to get, like, a little annoyed. Like, I'm on my way to work, or I'm just, like, going to the deli, or just, like, literally, this is New York City, like, go anywhere else. And then, you know, someone takes a bag, and then we're sort of, like, tossing this bag around as she's chasing it, getting, you know, like, more and more annoyed. And that's when you're you're talking about, like, the, the subtlety of it. It's, like, keeping that light and playful just because like even theatrically on a stage, like there are three men in uniforms mm-hmm. and one woman in like a dress in the high heels and it can't be like an over, you know, it's like we're not like overpowering. It's supposed to be literally like still a dance between four people.
2: I do feel that it, it is something that we have to be very careful of that it still has a playful tone and not an aggression tone, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know what they're doing they don't know how to talk to a woman or interact with a woman and so each one of their personalities is coming out in a different way but it's all tripping over themselves and doing pretty much the wrong thing at every turn
0: like she thinks she knows that they're sort of harmless i think she thinks it's cute at the beginning
2: kids. and then it's like wow this is you've taken this a bit far mm-hmm. you know um, i do think that they eventually sort it out a little bit because she does return with the two boys who leave, who leave Tyler behind. Um, mm-hmm. She comes mm-hmm. back with us, so clearly we calm it down and we end up having a good time, but um, I just think that that's something that is important for the artists to keep an eye on, that it doesn't become something that looks aggressive scary. or harassing, you know, because it, it has that danger, I think.
1: Well, and I think that it builds to that level of like, there is one moment at the vi- like right before she exits the stage where it does kind of like hit this apex, it almost becomes a little violent. And there's like a moment where she's really like she's grabbing for the like she's facing one way and then she turns around to grab the bag, and it's like it could be a slap. And then my my guy actually grabs the hand. Is it my guy? That it's grabs my the guy. Hand? Actually. It's your guy that yeah. grabs the hand. I'm like on the floor. You're on the ground. You got kicked. You, you
2: already got kicked. They yeah.
1: passed the violent point. Well, the kick was on accident. The that. kick's on accident. Yeah. But so you know, there's this moment, and then immediately, I think like also what's important is that her character is able to like she keeps reasserting control of the situation, and I feel like that's also like a very important thing. Like, right after this, he catches her hand, and she kind of immediately is like, oh, I cannot believe that these guys have gotten to me. Like, I'm a professional woman in New York City. And she kind of, she like flicks his hand off, she takes the bag, like does a little shoulder, and then she like walks off in a very stylized, you know, Mm -hmm. manner, and all the guys are just like, wow, she just, you know, like I'm on the floor, the other two guys are, like, you know what I mean? She's really just like (laughs) done away with everything. Also another scene... That's easier to do when you really know, like again, like when, when the whole cast, not just the three sailors, but like the three sailors and the two women involved are close, Mm -hmm. you know, people's facial expressions and body language. And when you know the person who's doing that, there can be more of an exchange and like more of a testing the boundaries of that, that I think is like, that is good. But that's again, where you really need to have that kind of closeness.
0: I thought it was interesting that in Jerome Robbins' original libretto that he was sending to Leonard Bernstein to write the music, but he did talk about her entrance. He calls her the brunette enters and says, she's a nice girl who doesn't mind the horseplay about to happen. In fact, she knows it's coming the minute she sees them and anticipates the fun of it. So before maybe a step had even been choreographed, he was establishing the in- the intent that it was group fun and it it wasn't, yeah, it does victim, feel like, like a victim situation. It does
2: feel like choreographically he did a good job of making sure that she's giving as good as she's getting in that moment.
0: And so she leaves and then the second ballerina comes or the second woman comes on.
2: She kind of
1: just
0: appears. Well,
1: we don't see her appear because our actions happening in the front of the stage. But then she appears by the lamppost, by the entrance to the bar, just sort of like reading a newspaper. Tyler, your character's left alone after the guys follow the first... On the floor, and I get up and I do a little kind of like, I can't believe I got kicked and fell over, and they left. Dance. And then you're sort of like, you walk in a serpentine around, and this is a spot that I felt I did really well, because like I would also side-eye... Like I think people get stressed out in this ballet and don't watch The Conductor. And they just like expect all of the notes to happen mm-hmm. when they want to happen, but sometimes the conductor's not watching you. Right. <laughs> and you really have to be like sort of tight with it. And you walk into the bar and there's a note and you're kind of like, Did I just see something? And then you flip around and you do the, the same thing, but just outside the door of the bar to the same note but louder in the orchestra, like really acknowledging the the lady.
0: So you guys go into the bar together and then you have a a potato. Yes. I try to
1: impress her with some mime about I don't know if it's I I sort of feel like it's made up. Like in my head I'm telling war stories about like like shooting down fighter pilots and a war hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely like this guy's done absolutely nothing. This guy smokes cigarettes on the back of the ship, and, like, this is the most exciting <laughs> thing that he's done, and, like, flicks him overboard, you <laughs> yeah, know? Straight from, like, yeah. the farm in Iowa. Yeah, like, and... you know, maybe he didn't even see any action in World War II, but, like, he's definitely gonna, like, this story's gonna be big. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of, like, non- not impressed about it. And then the potter de is kind of, like, a slow, or I've always thought it in this way. Like, I'm grandstanding, and she really doesn't buy it, and then I'm kind of, like, Okay, okay, I'm giving up the act. I'm giving up the act. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, and starting the potato it that way, being really unsure, being like, "You know what you're doing, and you live in a big
0: city. Like, take me along for the ride, kind of thing." So you sort of charm her with your small town, sort of wide eyed. Yeah, totally. And
1: or and just like no. Um, it's kind of for me like not acting just being like you're just kind of like in awe and like you're letting everything happen for the first time you're like she's doing something you're mirroring her actions and like you just sort of get taken away by the perfume of the whole thing Like, I don't even know if he's seeing it clearly. I think it's, like, glossed over, even for mm-hmm. him. He's like, what's happening? This a dream. Kind of like a, like a movie musical
0: totally. like, yeah. dream mm-hmm. yeah. sequence. Because yeah. the music is really big and sweeping and yeah. romantic.
2: I do like that version of it the best, too, because I know that that part can be done by either one of the two the shy guy or the cool guy have done it but I like the shy guy the best there's I something, think it makes more sense yes there's something very very charming about the butt of the other two sailors jokes is he's the one who gets the girl mm-hmm. ultimately because he's the most honest and he's the most you know he has the most humility of the three of them and I always thought that that, that was the way I liked seeing that Potota best was when it was that character.
1: I think that's how he choreographed it first with the shy guy doing the potada.
2: I would imagine. And then he was like, I want to do the Potota. Yeah, exactly. J- okay. Jerry Jerry was yeah, the yeah. original rumba boy. Cool cool guy, yeah. rumba guy.
0: So your your romantic reverie is interrupted by the other two sailors coming back with the first woman and then we realize the math is off, three sailors, two women, and so you, you just had to dance for Dance for your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is where not lip-sync for your life. Dance yeah. for your life. This
1: is where I mean, like, I, you can kind of gauge if you have the audience before, but like, this is one moment where you really know if you have the audience. It's mm-hmm. a big moment for the rumba guy because mm-hmm. at a certain point for re-entry, like, there's a lot of hijinks, and I try to run off with the girl that I just did the potter with and Daniel tries to run off with the brunette from the beginning and and Andy's guys like hey what's what about, going on what about
2: me yeah li- literally it's what a what about me what? moment
1: i think both of our guys are like literally just like i'm looking at him being like you better get the laughs are you going to get the laughs oh, are yeah. you going to get the and laughs i
2: was going to say that's the <laughs> if that part is done well it gets a very good yeah. laugh yeah. and it's nice because the audience is kind of like wanting something like yeah. that and it gets a little reset for the rest of the, the ballet, I think, if that moment goes nicely. It's like Remind people it's like a lighthearted comic mm-hmm. sort of Yeah, well, and sort of story. I my sub-story that I made up in my head that probably had nothing to do with any of this is I always told myself that it was my idea to go out to begin with. <laughs> so, like, how <laughs> dare the two of you try to screw me out of what was my idea? You would all be back at the <laughs> ship right now if it wasn't for me. And so every time we got to that part and I would point at myself, that was in my head. It was like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's like the moment to me that makes almost the whole ballet worth doing is the, the laugh that that moment can get. It was always so much fun. So then
0: everyone sits down at a table inside the bar and then you each get a solo to try to impress the women. And Daniel, yours is first and it starts off with, with a bang, right? Yes. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. Yes. So,
3: what so, <laughs> so we've we've had a small competition prior to this, and finally, it's like, all right, this is how we'll settle it. We'll each dance for you. Dance and the very first step is a double tour that lands into a split. So two turns in the air, bam, down to the ground. Correct, and you do that twice, and you're trying to automatically win 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 them over with. Flexibility. Um. <laughs> <laughs> reckless, reckless <laughs> flexibility. Yeah. No, so but but as you but as <laughs> we said earlier, as you're doing this, you're you you're calling them. You're saying, hey hey hey, look at me, look at me, the whole time. And it's in each of these solos here. Yeah. And then look look look, I can go I can go dance on top of the bar. And again, it's just each solo the stakes upping, upping, the, upping the, step, the, stakes. the stakes exactly exactly. And oh, I can I can balance on the bar. I can, you know, bring my leg up. I can jump off the bar, which is really exciting. But at the same time, you're trying to gauge your landing and still be silent and soft. And then there's a moment where you actually go almost like ta da and you peek over are they are they looking? Mm. I mean so these little things are just peppered throughout each of these solos and then finally I mean, to be honest, yeah. you should you do the most You should win. You should win, win. technical merit you should definitely win. Yeah, yeah 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 like the other two
1: like we're sitting at that table being like votes are in, that's a ten. Yeah. But <laughs> once one double tour to a split, I'm like, you got it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And all of them have very interesting finishes come to think of it and they all use the bar and they all again use the character of that particular sailor. It's infused. So yeah, you finish and you have to try to hold a little balance at the end. And you do a bunch of like traveling turns. Turn, a whole turn, bunch turn, turn of stuff. Down, yeah, it's chock full. It's literally... We'll finish with your leg up in the air without I said wobbling. This, I said this to my students the other day. It's like take the, the game of boggle and like do this and then like put it to like a minute and a half of music you know and <laughs> <laughs> every step that's there also gone turns double tour it's a straddle that's jump whatever. but at the same time it just again it allows that same kind of um if a short fused person was going to dance they're going to try to show you everything mm-hmm. as quick and, and, and as energetic as possible and then then the first exchange happens where it goes i went and the two actually have a really nice moment there, too, which is, who's going to go next? And they kind of bump into each other. And you're going to go, no, I'm going to go, no. And it gets, again, the stakes go up again. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, like, break this up. And then finally, we agree. And then I kind of pass it off to Tyler for the next solo.
0: And so, Tyler, your character goes a little different after his... Uh, oh, I go way softer. <laughs> like, the market, star. market, market.
1: Just to go back, like, all of the transitions... To like even the transition from what Daniel was saying is like the first competition before the solo start. Both of the women at every point, they're just like, Oh, these idiots. Like, it's just, they're like really like keeping a leash on everything. Like, they're the ones being like, No, no, no. Everybody sit down. You go first. Mm -hmm. And then like Andy and I bump into each other because like we both want to go second. I'm like, I'm going to show you something. And I'm tapping her on the shoulder and I bump into Andrew. He bumps into me, but, and, uh, and like it almost comes to fisticuffs again. Mm. And both the women are like, "Sit down," mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but they're still. It's like along for the ride. It's like I don't know. They're sort of keeping like a well, lid it, on the it, whole thing.
0: I, lo- I love the moment when it, the two women finally see each other and realize that they're old friends. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. kind of yeah. go off and they're like, <laughs> they get all a little bit excited and they just talk amongst themselves and then they together realize that like they're ours, holding all the cards. Yeah, they're holding all mm-hmm. the all yeah. the cards. Yeah. So you're solo. What, yes. what does it involve?
1: Lots of, like, slow brushes and leaning off to the side. and <laughs> it's kind of wistful, like...
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it you obviously... know it's, it's harder than you're giving your credit no, card. No, it, really, for, it
1: really is. Not only that, like, the first thing has to be very... It's like it has to be very fluid and flowing, and your body has to have a lot of movement, like, swaying side to side, and you're in this kind of really high mm. character heel because you have these long slides that you have to do later on in the solo. So you're not quite, like a regular jazz shoe, it'd be much easier. But then you're in this kind of like hard shoe. Like
0: a flamenco shoe or something. Almost,
1: and you're doing a lot of these like later on in the solo, it gets progressively larger and larger. Like the things that you're doing till you eventually start doing these hops over these stools and these double tours. And I've never knocked over a stool, but I have landed a double tour on heel on my other toe (laughs) just like if you know what i mean like so like the shoe can be a lot to get used to but yeah it's sweet and then as soon as that big sort of climax happens then like you bring it down again and i'm just doing these like wistful kind of like again trying to win them over just being like batting your eyelashes eyelashes a little bit Actually ends. You do this kind of like long floating attitude turn in the back, and you like land on the floor and crawl yourself up into a push-up position, just like looking at both of the like right at the table, like.
0: <gasps> Always remind me like a right puppy, at the feet. puppy dog. Yeah, exactly. To get someone to pet them. Right at the feet of both of the of both of the ladies. I'm but just... Andrew, your your guy goes for like super suave, like. Yeah,
2: he. I'm not even sure. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely thinks he's something special, and it's actually a really, really fun. I think brilliantly choreographed solo. The last one, it is the place that I feel like my character gets most of his depth, especially if he doesn't do the potida, de which I never did the potida, de which is just fine with me. I got to enjoy my character a lot because I didn't have to be stressed out about any extra stuff. But I do feel like his. Solo was kind of the place he got most of his depth because it does. He's he starts it off the same way like he does most of the ballet with this like, I'm the cool guy, I'm the smooth suave guy. Like sort of
0: like Latin rhythm, Roomba.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And then the middle section of it, there comes a time where, like, he's clearly just enjoying himself.
0: That's true. It becomes sort of like it's genuine, just truly, just, like just dancing, joyful. Yeah, and I bar. think that <laughs> part of it,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, but like you know, the the middle where he does, he does yeah. a little yeah. jump and a little like scissor kick and then cutting through the air and like that part to me just always felt like that was when we got a glimpse of who he really is. You know, that we saw his persona the whole evening, but really he's just so happy to be out with his friends in the city and enjoying this day before they go off to war because, you know, they don't know what's going to happen the next day. That's so,
0: true. Sometimes they forget that, like,
2: yeah, they I mean, could
0: possibly be shipped off to, you know, the front or something. Yeah.
2: Right. So, yeah, but that's definitely his approach is he really thinks he's going to be like the, you know, hot steamy one that that's what's going to win them over and then yeah you go to the bar and you play the bongos on the bar stools and then on your thigh and then on the bar and then on your chest and that part of it was always more stressful than I think people realize because we don't really actually dance in tempo directly all the time it looks like we are but when you start actually making noise you have to be yeah, there's a switch that kind of mm. has to happen. And I know that in time I got better at it, but it was always very challenging to be on time with the bongo playing at the end yeah. because you kind of have to make a mental switch from dancer to musician for a second. <laughs> ¶¶
0: I just read this today for the first time, but like with so many ballets, Jerry took inspiration from things in real life, from dancers on the street, from people. But in your Roomba solo, Janet Reed, who was the original Parada woman, said that somebody told her that the little episode in Jerry's solo, the Roomba, where he pretends to dance with a girl who isn't there, he got the idea from seeing a drunken soldier pick up a chair in a bar and dance
2: with it as though it were a girl. That's wow. That's brilliant. I oh. love that. That is such a that is such a fun part of that solo. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, The solos are super fun too, because you're mugging, right? Because like you wanna get one of the girls like yeah. you want to be like I'm the one that like we should leave with right but you're doing it to the table and your friends you're not mugging to the audience uh-huh. like that's sort of the mm-hmm. thing about like once you're in the bar like whatever stressful things you're doing you're only doing it for the other four people for in your the corner you're literally there. not doing it for anybody else and I think that's something that only comes after you've done it for a while like you can watch new People do it, and they're kind of like you can be stressed because they're in a theater, and there's thousands of people, and what? And you're I'm like, double tours and, over stools. Yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not.
3: It's literally just but only for those people. But that's a know. hallmark of a Jerry ballet, too, though. Like, yeah. I feel like you're really looking in on a world that he creates. That most people it's so overt and to the audience, trying to break the orchestra pit. And the beauty is, if if they maintain that relationship, it's almost you're you're just an observer. Mm-hmm versus it being actually performed for you. And I think to Tyler's point, yeah, there's only four other people you're looking at when you're on stage like that. I have a question. Yes.
2: Did you guys ever, because I know I did, but did you dance for one girl in particular?
1: In different parts of my solo, yes. Oh, okay. And only after, I don't remember who it was, whether it was like Amanda Edge or whether it was Gina or maybe it was Gretchen, someone was like, you never look at me. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to your question, for the first, I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Five, seven, ten years that I did it, I only looked at the girl that I did the potted with. Mm. And then there was a moment after my second, hopefully beautiful triple pirouette, to like a nice rond de jam, before I do those little knee things, mm-hmm. that I would switch my gaze. Oh, that's cute. And I would
2: go. I would go to the other one. That seems know? risky for your guy though, because he already established with the potato. Like, yeah,
1: but again, yeah. like he yeah. doesn't know.
2: Because I always did it dead on to the potter girl every time. I never even looked at the other girl, which seems mean. But it was like I was just going to, like, commit to who I was going to try to impress. But I always wondered that about you guys. Because, like, when we're sitting watching, like, we're sitting watching in character. Yeah. So we are watching each other and we are enjoying each other's variations. But there's a degree of, like, you can't really enjoy each other too much because your character is in competition. So every phrase or so while Danny was dancing, Tyler and I are looking at each other and rolling our eyes and looking away and drinking. So (laughs) um, it was just something I started noticing that I would do that I always wondered if the other sailors were doing something similar. I like that story that you switch halfway through. Yeah. Give only for
1: that one section, oh, literally only. When I'm, I'm mm. when I'm like doing that miming, like come over here, come mm. over here.
2: Danny's, did your eyes cross? So you were looking at both of them.
3: I think also though you're trying to impress your, the other guys too, though. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're. It's sure. like I deserve. I yeah. I so I, I always think you. of all of them. I, don't, <laughs> I can't think of one in particular, but it's. I know they're watching too. Let me put it that way. They're watching me. I'm watching them. And to Andrew's point, like there's always that camaraderie that's happening to get or that friendly competition. But no matter what, they'll always be together. Right.
0: So when it's time for the women to choose, if they want to choose, it descends into chaos. You guys just start fighting and eventually just forget about the women altogether and the women leave. And then you sort of restart the whole ballet again in a way, right?
3: Mhm. Musically and yeah. choreographically.
0: Yeah. So you're fighting behind the bar. The women get up and leave.
1: Yes. Like when it really gets like when we start punching each other, then they're just like, oh, we can't, and like, We've had enough. Yeah, we've had enough. So th- they they walk out. And then the really tumultuous moment is, like, when we're sort of, like, the jesters and Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. and, like, one person jumps on one person's back, and then Daniel comes and jumps on everybody, and we do this big somersault all over everybody, and it just, like, descends into chaos. And then we get up and we're punching people, and then the very first theme music, just on the piano, like, really quiet, that, like... Like uh, Andy's guy like taps Daniel and I on the back, and we stop punching him. We're like, "Wait, what? They're gone.
2: They're gone. <laughs> yeah, we're in the bar alone. That is a fun moment comedically. Yeah, because the first thing he does actually, you know, you guys probably can't see because you're busy punching me in yeah. the ribs, is it's first your head pops up. Oh, so you have this moment in the middle of the scrap and the fight that you're like, "Oh, well, we've been at this for a while. I wonder if they're still here. You know, and it's very, very like." Vaudeville style kind of humor where your head pops up and then you go, uh oh, uh oh, and then you tap the boys. Is flipped like right away that we're not mad at each other anymore. Where did the girls go? That's another like special moment for that ballet that I always enjoyed yeah, doing so much. That it's like I don't know, I always got a kick out of that like over the top, old, old school, like, like theater, theater f- silent yeah. film style, yeah, yeah. like overacting stuff.
1: And it's also like it's very easy to get care. Like, I'm not like a person, I don't go out and like get into bar fights, but. Not and anymore, but not anymore. Yeah, um, but that part in the ballet, it's like it's easy to get carried away. Like you're having mm-hmm. fun. There's like a momentum and, and like so much is, is happening. Really kind of getting bigger. Yeah, and bigger yeah totally. As you fight. In fact, one time we were in Lyon, and mm. I actually cracked Daniel on the nose. I gave him a bloody nose. Oh wow! <laughs> and it was not in the show. It was in the dress rehearsal. But it's funny because we do this big fake punch, and like Daniel and I have been doing this together for years. I'm like we can make it a really big like m- movement and we sort of like I did the big movement it's not like I fully hit him but I just felt I remember it it was like the softest little thing and I just heard this tiny like <laughs>
3: the tiniest little thing on oh the no. nose mm-hmm. and I was like
1: oh shit and I look over it, and Daniel there's
0: blood coming out of the
3: oh no, no. Yeah, yeah, but I love to tell and we're still friends <laughs> and we're still friends that's <laughs> nice
0: so the ballet finishes you go back to the bar get another beer do the gum shtick again And you're like, you know, no more, just us, three musketeers, and then one final woman shows up, and it sends you into like a panic again, and the and the curtain comes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 true. Where there's like never again, you know, like
1: three, one for all, or whatever. Wait, what? What is that? One for all, all for one. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, three for nobodies.
2: (laughs) 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 Me for myself. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But you do, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like you know they've had a total reset and they walk out and it's like one. I, the thing is the perfume, right? So she like walks mm-hmm. past and you're taken just by like the perfume mm-hmm. that she's wearing. We do this funny like again like very vaudeville sort of like lean Hauga. trick thing, <laughs> yeah, like literally <laughs> like <laughs> three guys just like doing this crazy uh, tilt, which is very funny. Yeah. And and so
0: then they all rush sort of off stage, disappear mm-hmm. on the way to find her. You can almost envision them repeating the same scenario in like four more bars that evening, right. just like striking out, striking out, striking yeah. out.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to learn. No. They're not going to learn. Not
0: that day.
1: Not <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> not, I mean, not it,
2: that surely. Again, like, I always think of it as this is their chance. This might be their last chance to know what it is to, to, to be with a woman, to, I always think about how brave those young men were at that time to get on a ship and go out to mm-hmm. sea and, and not knowing what their life was going to be like the day they the the next day when they leave so they have hope the entire time even when they probably shouldn't but i do like that shtick at the end of the ballet because it's again like a really fun moment for the three characters like we all start to follow her but i realize like no 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 no, this is a bad idea hey don't you remember you got popped in the chin and what about you your elbow hurts because you banged it on the bar and i'm pushing them like away from the girl but of course the entire time I'm like kind of given the the look over my shoulder you know and I'm the first one to go after her
0: Daniel. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us and talking about Fancy Free. Our pleasure. Thank you.